Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Welcome to the podcast, conscience that made us interviews and stories, tales from the bus. We love taking you back to when it all went down. The greatest live shows and that cheering crowd sound. It's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us.com. Here's Johnny again, and you're listening to Concerts That Made Us. I forgot to say rough magic, but whatever, you get the point. I'm stealing happiness from next week. Nothing bad yet. Full speed. I can't swallow my pride. I choke. Are you Johnny, welcome back. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure now to be speaking to you again. Thanks for having me. It's, it's always a pleasure. How have uh, how've things been since we last spoke? All good, I hope. Yeah, it's been going pretty well. I'm in a very rare, very good mood currently, so it's fantastic. It's going as well as it could be going. I caught you at the right time, so... Yeah. So you guys are releasing the album Electric Ram tomorrow. How does it feel for people to finally be hearing it? 
Uh, I'm excited so far. For a little while, I was thinking it's going to be weird. Like people are going to have are going to be weird about it. That's what I expected. Um, but we've gotten some reviews in so far. You know, just ahead of time. A lot of places. You know, it's just how the review cycle works sometimes. Um, and they've been, all been super positive. So now I'm in. You know, I'm in that mode of yeah. This is going to be smashing, you know? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Now, when we last spoke, you had just released She's Still a Got, which was a love song for your wife. Now, listening to the album, I kind of picked up on a couple of things. Would I be right in saying Queen of the Gorgons goes hand in hand with it as a, a love song to her as well? That is entirely correct, yes. It's uh, one of the other love songs. I think. Well, I guess there's like uh, three love songs on the album each from uh, differing perspectives. But yes, Queen of the Gorgons is one of them, definitely. I thought so. I thought so. There was a few lines that stuck out that I was like, yeah, he's, that's definitely for the wife. And the, yeah. uh, the album is full. Now, this is something I really enjoyed. It's full of little Easter eggs for horror film fans, uh, classic horror specifically. And you also kind of have something in common with Michael Jackson now as well, with having a certain voice appear on your songs. Would you like to tell us a bit more about it? So, um, I just really love um, old school horror. Uh, all horror, horror, actually. It's, it's like a, um, I grew up watching horror. I had this, I spoke to someone else about this as well, where I think the first time I watched John Carpenter's Halloween, I was maybe seven, and that was my mom was like, yeah, you should watch this, this is, you know, and I was like, that is going to do wonders for my <laughs> psychology later on in life. But it was fine because it, my love for horror grew from there, you know, and anything that's like either really gruesome or just really entertaining. And I really love movies by that company, A24. I'm sure you know them. They do like The Witch and Hereditary and those kind of things. Um, but I also really love just like classics, you know, mm. Um and then I was the one night I was chilling at home and uh, watching the house on Haunted Hill because it's kind of like a, a comfort movie type situation. And I was watching that. Um, and then Vincent Price just had so, so many good lines mm. in that movie. And I was like, it would be fantastic if this was in public domain because, you know, then you'd have Vincent Price to use on a record. And then I, you know, I looked it up and I was like, Oh, it is in public domain. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's get it. You know, worked out uh, well. Yeah. And it just, you know, um, it just weirdly worked out, like going through the clips on the movie or whatever, where they just ended up, you know, kind of describing what certain songs are about and stuff like that. So that was quite sick. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I have to ask, did you ever see the remake of House on Haunted Hill? I did. And what do you think? Not entirely. Look, I watched it. I'll probably watch any movie that's made, but yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it's hard to beat something that has Vincent Price in it, I guess. But True. they didn't try very hard. I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like the uh, the best thing about that film was the soundtrack, specifically "Sweet Dreams" by Marilyn Manson. Yeah, which is sick. That's fine. I mean, that's cool. But at the same time, you know. Unbeat the classics. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And speaking with voices, keeping with that theme now, there's another song that I can't not mention, Delirium Tremors. The intro yeah. to that absolutely cracked me up. I mean, I was listening to it, and when it ended, I was like, I want more, I need more of this. It was just perfect and just so comedic genius. 
So that's actually a good friend of mine. That's that's just a voice note, you know. So what happened was um, I sent him through the um, intro riff to the song. The song hadn't been completed yet. I was just like, well, working on this thing i was like i'm not sure if i'm going in the right direction here you know just have a listen the uh, guy's called paul joya he's a um, fantastic musician in his own right as well and used to be part of some legendary south african um punk bands uh, well i mean he still um is he plays for a band now called atfn or uh, all this for nothing um and they've been going for a long time and he also used to be part of a band called the slash dog so both bands that i really um respect you know and it's good music and like when i was in high school they were hitting the scene hard so i was you know very influenced by that kind of vibe so i sent him like the intro riff and i was like would you would you check this out you know tell me what you think about it and and within like three minutes he had sent me back that voice note like one take no no planning nothing that's just what his mind was doing at the time (laughs) you know he just he sent the voice note and I probably spent a good three weeks laughing at that voice note myself. And then in the end, I was like, no, nah, it has to be, it has to become part of the album. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Especially that it wasn't planned or anything. I take it he didn't even Not planned know. Not at all. That was just off the top of his head. But also that's the kind of guy he is, you know, he's one of the funniest people I know. And, you know, very adept at doing hilarious skits. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how it went down. Yeah, I take it he's not like some 70-year-old British aristocrat or anything like he sounds in the voice note. No, not at all. <laughs> he's like a, um Italian South African, you know, so. <laughs> Complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. I've been listening to it now ever since Warren sent it over to me and I've been trying my hardest to pick out my favorite tracks. And, you know, I'll settle on one. I'll be like, this is it. This has to be my favorite. Then the next one just blows me away even harder, you know, and it almost feels like a kind of a frantic kind of journey. You know, one song is kind of up, the next song is down a bit, you know, and it has pretty dark imagery as well. But at the same time, it makes you feel good when you're listening to it, which is kind of a contradiction. But where did the inspiration for it come from? Well, it's a dark story. But, um, you know, it's easy enough to explain. So the inspiration was that I had a mental breakdown, like 100%. And I had to go to um, a facility for a little while to get me sorted out. Yeah. And it was happening as we were working on the album, you know, and recording towards it and making it happen. Um, And there weren't lyrics for it yet. You know, we only had music for a lot of songs. Some songs didn't even have music yet. I guess it became like a character sketch of like my own mental problems and also all of the other uh, people I met when I was in the uh, mental health facility, which is, uh, I'm trying my best not to say loony bin, <laughs> but I, I mean, I feel like I'm allowed to, but I don't want to. You probably are. To, <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to, you know, cheapen it in that way, I guess. But yeah, so I met some interesting folks who had... um you know, it was a massive range of different problems and things going on with people. And I was also sort of going through the motions. So a lot of it was character sketches of other people. But then, you know, listening back to it or writing it, I realized, you know, there's some similarities or I'm writing from my own perspective and adding some of what's happening to me as well. So I guess that's kind of how it went down. You know, it was inspired by 
something essentially really dark, but that's why it goes up and down and up and down because, you know, that's the nature of mental health. Sometimes everything's fantastic and other days it's absolutely horrible, you know? Um, and that's how it works. Jeez. And was there, was there any doubt about the album or even about the band while you were, you were inside? For a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we released the devil's cattle in 2020 and the plan was to release a follow-up album with music and everything. Um, exactly a year later in 2021 so now we're in 2023 obviously some time had passed and a lot of things had happened so it was a little bit in between um where things weren't sitting entirely right and there was um you know a lot of infighting between um us and the band as well which is not like everyone that's contributed and is part of the band or was part of the band whatever we're all mates again now but for a little while people were a bit fed up you know which uh, it's understandable. I mean, I don't know if you've ever dealt with somebody who's uh, completely lost their mind, but it's not its not a fun time. <laughs> I wouldn't think so, no. Yeah, but we're all good now, stronger as a unit, everything's working fine. But there was, yeah, I'd say there was a little bit of doubt for a little while. Everyone was a bit concerned that, you know, that's, that's it. Um, but yeah, we came out on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Obviously, with something like that, your own personal thought process wouldn't be what it should be. What sort of thoughts were you having about the music then, the album? Or was that even on your mind during that time? It's always on my mind. Um, there was a lot of... It's a weird combination of things. And uh, again, like I said, I think that's the nature of, you know... Uh, mental crisis. And some of the times I would be listening to a song and I'd be like, "This, you know, this is a goddamn hit. Um, we're, we're going to become billionaires, you know? And then the next day I listen to it back and I'm like, I fucking hate this. This is the worst thing I've ever made. We should fucking throw it in the trash. So there's a constant cycle of that that was happening. Um, honestly, up until maybe four months ago, I was still in the motion of like, should we put this out? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't. Um, luckily, everyone who helped, con uh, you know, everybody who was working on the album convinced me that, yeah, no, 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 we definitely need to put out a album. So let's work towards it. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a weird thing um, because you um, you can't be objective uh, when you're in that mental state. You, you just have no clue of what's going on technically. So, um, but luckily, uh, I have a strong team behind me in terms of like band members and the guys from the label, like Warren, you know, and my wife. So they just helped guide it to completion and to the right direction yeah and there's another thing as well i was wanting to talk about was there's a lot of fun weird sounds specifically the track a song about drugs i picked up on that maybe it's just me maybe i'm hearing it funny or something but it's almost like you're listening to something in reverse in the background of the song how and where do you come up with the ideas for all these weird little sounds that you wouldn't normally hear in songs Oh, uh, there was a, <laughs> I think a lot of that was also due to being a bit weird at the time. Um, but there's just a bunch of stuff that I wanted to hear and specific stuff like in, um, uh, I had this conversation with someone else as well. In Delirium Chambers, there's a really annoying triangle. Um, <laughs> why is that triangle there? And I'm like, no, it's supposed to be there because it's a song about delirium. You have to feel like you're going mad a little bit, you know, so it's that kind of thing. 
And the same thing with the song about drugs is it felt incomplete if there wasn't something weird happening in the background. So you kind of feel like you're tripping a bit, you know, not inside the whole time. It's just slightly unsettling, I think. Um, and there is a weird uh, reversed thing in the background, but I won't say what it is. Right, right. <laughs> it's up to the listeners to try to figure it out. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone will be able to, but it's just gonna, you know, it's gonna be a fun Easter egg forever. I'm actually uh, quite proud of myself now for actually picking up on that. I thought I was losing my mind myself when I was hearing it. I was like, that's not really in that track. That's my speakers are broke or something. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, it's really there. But that's ideal. That's what I want people to feel when they're listening to albums. Like, am I hearing these things? Is that really happening? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the last time we spoke, you said that you were already working on new music. How are you that approaching that then now since everything that happened with this album? You're obviously better now. Is the approach much different? Um. Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably not going to be as intently about mental health issues this time around. But so far, we're just on the music right now, not going into lyrical and whatnot. And it's been a really fun process uh, with the guys in the band. We've got like um, three tracks actually mostly completed at this point, uh, just with no vocals on them. And it's uh, and it's taken, you know, it's weird. So we've gone into this um, thing now with our sound i think that um after electrogram it feels like we can just do whatever the fuck we want and that's great that's you know i love that idea so now we currently have like a super intense proggy tune which is you know somewhere between mastodon and the mars volta um and usually i didn't feel like that would fit to a rough magic thing but now i'm like yeah of course it does it just you know it slides right in and then we've got a really really heavy but also really poppy tune. And that, you know, it just, they just also slide in together. And then another just random psychedelic thing. Um, so that's, that's quite fun. Just right now, we're full on um, open to experimentation, whatever, as long as the songs are tight and, you know, um, catchy and have the, you know, and the guitars are sounding mean and in your face. And then I don't care. It can be anything, you know, we might release a funk song. <laughs> At some point, I'd be keen. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, so that's kind of what's happening. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. We might just release a couple of singles. We might uh, be going into recording a new full album. Might be EPs. Not sure. But there's no rules at the moment. It's just creating right now, which is quite fun. Mm. That's one thing I love about you guys as well, is that, you know, you can... There's almost like an expected weirdness with you guys like you could release an album that each song is a completely different genre and i'm sure people would love it like you could stop you could start off with like stone or rock and end with like classical symphonies and people would still be like oh yes this is rough magic you know what i mean fantastic that's what we were aiming for you know <laughs> we've been going in that direction for a while it didn't start out that way i guess because we were always kind of um like when we just started, it was kind of garagey doom, and then it became more stoner in a while. You know, it, it just changed over time. But initially, me and um, Jimmy, the bassist, when we, you know, when we created the band, we set out to just be, not to be weird, but to just do what we want, you know? And I think we kind of, yeah. for a little while, we got stuck in our own um, 
heads about what we're supposed to be doing. We didn't experiment as much as we wanted to experiment. Now it feels like the floodgates are open again. We can just, you know, go ham mm. and destroy. You know? <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe we'll release like a Mr. Bungle album. Who knows? <laughs> but it might happen. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, none that surprised me anyway. And from August this year as well, you're embarking on a European tour, another European tour. Playing festivals such as Blue Moon Festival, I'm going to destroy the name of this one, Trafo Station 61 Festival and Riffields. Did I destroy it? <laughs> no, no, no. That was all that all felt correct. That's how I would pronounce them as well. You know, I, I haven't had to pronounce them live yet. So <laughs> <laughs> you better start Googling how to do it. And last time you were on, you told us about the shenanigans you had to pull to uh get your first European tour. What sort of stuff did you have to do to land this one? Oh, no, nothing. So <laughs> because of the last, no, because of the last time we kind of, uh, we got connected with the guys from Sound of Liberation and they do really good bookings and stuff in Europe, um, which is, you know, it's fantastic. Um, and they saw us just running around being crazy, you know, hustling, doing tours by train and lying about being on festival lineups <laughs> and then getting those festival lineups. And I think they just kind of went like, yeah, this is something we'll get behind. This, this, there's a spirit to this that we like. So now they book for us, you know? So it's exciting to be going over, but there's a less exciting element in the, I don't have to be shady and weird about things anymore, you know? <laughs> I kind of like that whole cloak and dagger routine that we had there for a while. But it is what it is. Luckily, now we're, get, we're just getting tours, you know? We don't, have to, um, we don't have to be as intensely weird about it which is quite fun. Um, yeah, and we haven't announced everything yet. We've got some things out, you know, that we've announced, like those uh, three festivals and um, one show that we're doing with Acid King in um, in the Netherlands. And But there's a couple, there's a lot more coming, like because we're both mostly going to be on the road for August. We just haven't announced yet because, you know, I don't, it didn't feel like the right time. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, so some festivals announced earlier, some don't so eventually we'll just release the whole thing and actually we're going to be back in october as well right you're coming back later in there jeez yeah so we're doing august and october we'll have like uh well mid-october mid-november around there so we'll have like a month and a half gap back home and then we're over again and hopefully in october we'll be able to uh, get our feet in the uk as well oh man that's that's going to be great. I was just going to ask, what countries are you planning on or hoping to hit? I really want to get to the UK this year. It's definitely on our um, list to get to. But obviously, we'll do all the um, we'll do standards um, that we have done before. So we'll do uh, Netherlands, Germany. We'll do Poland. We'll do probably Austria. Um, most likely, it seems like this time around, we'll be hitting Portugal and. Um, Spain, Italy as well. We've never done Spain or Italy, but we've been in Portugal beforehand. Yeah, so there's going to be a couple. It also seems like this year will be the first time we are able to get to some of the Scandinavian countries, which I'm really excited for because we've never been we've never been that far up north, and I have no idea what the crowds are like there. But I'm really keen to get into it. I'd imagine uh, we're something warm. The weather will be a bit of a shock. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I don't think our South African constitutions are used to that type of cold, but we'll we'll give it a shot, you know. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, yeah. And the other one that I kind of found a bit weird was Poland. It's not exactly the top of the list when you're thinking of 
rock music or rock concerts. What what's it like over there? You'd be surprised, my man. We only ever did one show in Poland and it was absolutely crazy. We nearly died because of like straight up vodka poisoning, but we had a really good time. And then we um you know uh we built up like a I'd say we built up like a small little fan base there that I think they'd come if we play a show they'll pitch up so that's kind of what we're banking on right now but the show we played was really cool initially it was called um smoke over warsaw um it was a very stoner rock um that type of festival uh so they had guys like monolord on there and whatnot and was really you know it was heavy it was really cool um yeah and that was absolutely smashing and it's going to be our first time back now since 2019 so we're really keen oh and um you know what the album has been released friday the tour starting in august what does the time in between look like for the band how do you prepare for going on the road for a month or two we've got a we've got one um biggish show in pretoria in south africa before we head over and the rest of the time is literally being spent on um making sure all the live versions of the songs are, are as tight and, um, you know, powerful as they can possibly be. And then also um, we're trying to standardize and make things easier for the travel, you know, make sure we, in terms of like traveling with pedals and all the kind of shit we need that we have the bare minimum, minimum that covers all of the sounds that we need to do. So it's, yeah, it's basically a couple of months of prepping before we head over. Ah, and a bit of a silly question, but I can hear listeners asking us, what's one thing you always make sure you pack when you're going on tour? That is a question I've heard before as well. And I've heard many answers to it. I'm not entirely sure um, what's my, you know, what my go-to is. I try to pack enough socks, I think. That's that's like my big one because um, shoes get mank on the road, you know. Mm. That's that's like the the biggest one for me is make sure you've got enough clean socks, um, so you don't have to stink up the band with your feet. But I don't really know. I don't have anything specific um, that I always think to bring along. It's mostly the socks, I guess. But if you ask anyone else in the band, they'll probably have some other opinions. I don't know. <laughs> <It's> just. <laughs> Sucks for me. I'm sorry. That's a horrible answer. You're the practical one, so. <laughs> yeah, it would seem so. Yeah. And what's the, uh, I suppose it's probably early days, but what's the set list going to look like for these shows? Is this going to be like a playthrough of the album or are you going to throw some older hits in? No, so the thing is, um, because of COVID, we never had a chance to tour um, Devil's Cattle. So we're heading in with probably... Um, we're looking at two to three like supersets is what we're calling them. Sorry, my hair is looking like a fucking mushroom today. I think it's because of the wind. <laughs> it's just it, Usually it just hangs to the side, but now it's going like, I kind of look like, I don't know. Um, anyway, um, so supersets, right? Which would be, uh, each one would be a mixture of the Devil's Cattle and Electric Ram with some old tunes mixed in from the other albums, but not so many. And then even some of the newer ones we're recording now to kind of go test them out live as well. Uh, that Jesus, you know what? There, what? Well, even if like the ticket prices are astronomical, 
for that, it's worth it. You'd actually pay anything just to see that you're getting some treat as a fan. Yeah. So what, the thing is, though, I mean, not all sets are equally long. So um, some shows will, yeah, that's what we're going to jump around between the sets. We're going on tour with basically with 30 songs, you know, a 30 song run through that we'll have for tour. So if you do the math on that, it's um, Electric Grams, 11 songs, and then um, uh, about Devil's Catalyst, 13. So you're still left with six songs that might be old or might be new um that will add in but obviously they'll change per night so um if you're watching us tonight in one town and we're playing tomorrow night the next town over it won't be the same set you know unless somebody books us to play for two and a half hours then you'll see all of the songs in one go right right and uh any favorites of your own that you're looking forward to playing out live that you've picked already yeah um there's a bunch of ones that obviously we've done Devil's Cattle to death in South Africa, so we're used to which ones slap over with that. So, I mean, um, Swine Tooth Grin hits really hard, All You Need is Speed, always. Um, and um, songs like Jolly Roger, they also work really well. Um, then from the new album, so far, the ones that hit the hardest live that we've been able to test out over here are um, She's Still a Goth, which is really fun, and Queen of the Gorgons. So they're always, you know, they're just an absolute treat to play live. We have not done Delirium Tremors live yet, and I'm really excited to see what the fuck's going to happen with that. Yeah. I think it's going to be sick, but <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, you know, I don't know how that's going to go over live. <laughs> you know what? There's, it's funny, even when I seen the name of that song, there's an Irish, like, kind of folk singer who has a song out with the same title but it's completely different you should actually go on spotify and try find it you'll actually laugh at how different it is if someone looks up your song trying to find it on spotify and gets that one i would actually piss myself laughing i'll go check it out that sounds great is it like a, is it like a folk song it's kind of like a, a folky sort of song it's about 30 or 40 years old now so there's no like cool guitar effects or anything on it it's just a guy with an acoustic his name is uh christy moore i'll go check it out that sounds like it's i'm gonna probably dig it <laughs> yeah yeah and um any dream venues or locations that you hope to get on this tour that you haven't yet um nothing specifically coming to mind right now um we're hitting some cool venues that i've never hit before like we're doing fnr in um Netherlands and that's kind of like a legendary one um for us so that's pretty sick um and we've done some of the ones we're doing like um Feuerwerk in Munich and that, those kinds of places we did them with previous tours and back then I was like oh my god we're playing at this place I can't believe it and then you know you play there and you're like it's fantastic but it's a venue you know the venues are you know it's the same I get I guess um we'd have to level up a bunch for me to be like, oh my God, we're playing at, I don't fucking know where, you know, whatever <laughs> the next big surprise is going to be. But I'm excited about all of them. Um, it's just not anything particularly new at the moment um, that's hitting. Like I said, like I want to get through to the UK. If I get there, there's a bunch of places I'd probably want to um, go try and hit just of where I've seen other bands touring. But I guess it depends how it all pans out. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure you probably have a, a good few listeners in the UK already, do you? Yeah, well, according to 
all of our analytics and whatnot. That seems to be the case, but I don't know. <laughs> it's always a gamble. You kind of have to go over and see. Oh, okay. Yeah. There yeah, we go. True. True. And this next question. So I put it out to some of my regular listeners that I was having you back on and asked them, was there any question that they wanted to ask you? One of the ones that was mentioned most, I don't think I asked you in the first episode, but they wanted to know what's with the obsession with animals on the album names. Oh, well, that's interesting, actually. It started off not as a plan, um, more as um, we needed something for our very first, like, really badly recorded and badly played garage EP. We couldn't think of anything. And then at that point, we were three members in the band and we we're like, you know what? Um, would work well for imagery, not necessarily a name, just literally imagery is if we use the family crests of each band member, each of them had an animal in them. And we were like, yeah, we use the animal from that, you know, and we'll have the bear, the fox, the swan. There we go. Great. Fantastic. Um, and we kind of started off with that. And then in my head, a little uh, switch flipped and I started making this uh, little, you know, narrative and this world behind it of yeah, the animals, I guess, um, which I never share with people and I'm not going to now. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is it didn't start as a plan. It just, you know, it just happened. And then we had those, we had those three, then we did seasons, which was split up into four EPs and each EP had its own animal but then when it came together the album cover in itself was just you know seasons and the hands and that didn't go and then um tarn was the only one that was not animal related at all uh you know it just had the tower on it which was quite sick um yeah and then when that was done i was like nah we should go back to animals now <laughs> and that's it so now we're on the devil's castle and electrogram again right right any uh any hints at what the next animal is going to be I'm not really sure. I think this is going to be up to debate. There's so many animals, you know, but I think it's also partially a thing where we had that a long time ago because we had the animal albums and whatnot. And then uh, we'd be speaking to people in interviews of speaking to people overseas and they'd be like, yes, but when are you doing, you know, the lion or a rhino or whatever, just going into the standard South African animals. And I was like, fucking probably never now that you're <laughs> expecting it. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I'm going to have to think of something real weird. Um, <laughs> So I don't know, maybe the next one's a platypus. I don't care. <laughs> it's going to be something. Yeah. Probably not a platypus, but maybe. <laughs> something mundane like a hamster. <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, you know it could work. <laughs> and before I let you jump off then, anything else about the the album or the, the tours you want to add? Um, no, nothing specifically, I guess. I'm just um, keen for people to hear it right now. I guess keep an eye out for tour news because there is more coming. So if you see something close by, pull in. But other than that, you know, just I hope people enjoy what they're listening to. Brilliant, brilliant. And I suppose the best place to find out about tickets and everything is on your socials. Yeah, socials. Most likely you're going to have to go through um, Instagram or Facebook. We're still trying to figure out how to do TikTok. And I guess we'll figure it out at some point. Um, but yeah, Facebook and Instagram, those are the places you'll find out about the stuff. And yeah, and Spotify as well. We'll list, you know, in the artist page, we'll list the dates as they come up and whatnot. Perfect. And you also got your Facebook page back, didn't you? 
We did, yeah, finally. <laughs> it was a long fight, but we got it back. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, Johnny, listen, thanks for coming on again and congratulations on an absolute banger of an album. And hopefully, I mean it now, hopefully I'll be able to jump to one of the cities that you're playing. That would be rad. It would be so cool to meet in person. But yeah, thanks for having me again. It's always fun to have a chat. And yeah, hopefully soon we'll be able to do it over a beer. Driving down a moonlit road in a drop top earth and foe fur waiting for the sun to rise. We get the last copper pennies to spend at the shrine. Silver lining You saw it in your pencil shaving When you tried to draw me twice But your hands are shaking And it's a drag, I know But it's all part of the show And I feel the end It just fades out slow enjoyed this episode if you did please rate and review us on itunes and spotify and if you're interested in signing up the band builder academy use the link in the show notes below and enter the code concerts and you'll receive 10 percent off so until next time keep rocking hey hey what are you guys still doing there the show is over It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.